Welcome to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic, and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how much you should spend on a wedding. We will get into the average cost of a wedding. How much are you willing to pay for the big day? How do you create a budget? How can you cut costs for the wedding? And lastly, what are some of the ways that you can pay for your wedding? So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we delve deep into this issue. Welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. And as we did say in the intro, we're talking about how much you should spend on a wedding. Now, I did want to do this particular episode for a while now. I was doing some thinking and doing some research, and I came across some numbers. And I thought this was pretty interesting because a lot of people are totally unaware of this. And when I give you some of these statistics and numbers, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It shocked me on the, the cost for doing a wedding today. So I'm pretty sure to shock you as well. So if I was to just throw out a question or a poll or did do some, you know, ask people to, to, on the street just this average question, how much do you think the average wedding costs today? So if you were to propose, get married, get ready to get married to someone and you're planning a wedding, what do you think the average cost is? Well, according to The Knot, which is a wedding company and they do wedding studies, the average Cost, the average national cost of a wedding is $33,391. A similar study that was done, well, it was done the year after this one, said that 74% of people who plan their weddings go into debt for their wedding. So that's basically three out of four. So a very high number. It also revealed that 47% anticipated spending around $20,000. But the costs usually go up about $13,000 more than that. So the anticipated cost was twenty, but they end up going somewhere around thirty-three. Now, obviously, there are certain things that go into play. Where it's being held, the state that you live in obviously plays a role in it. So if you live in a state that has higher costs, say if you got married, say in New York versus another state that is maybe a little bit more rural, the cost obviously is going to be less in the more rural area. But this is just a, a standard average number. If we took all the states and we combined it. So of that 33,000, that big giant $33,000 number, we're going to break down the percentages of where the money actually is going. So your biggest expense in a wedding, for the most part, usually is the catering, which is the food, basically. And you're looking at, it's going to be about 30% of your budget. So whatever you're planning, whenever you're planning a wedding, just consider whatever that number is, 30% of your, 30% of your wedding is going to be literally just the catering. And that's if you have it done professionally. And obviously, if it's a wedding, you're going to want to have it done professionally. And there's got to be people who serve the food and different things like that. The second biggest expense is the venue. So the venue is going to be about 15% of that 
$33,000, which comes out to be about $5,000. Now, obviously, you can get some venues for less than that. And we're going to tell you a little bit later on down the line here how you can do that, where the cost would be considerably less. But that's just basically the average, depending on where you want to have it. Photography is about 10% of your budget, and that comes in right around $3,000. Rentals, rentals are 8% of your budget, and that comes in about $2,500. The floral arrangements, which is really expensive now, is about 7% of your budget, and that can be over $2,000. It's at $2,300 here. A wedding coordinator is about $1,600. The dress now, this is some dresses are way more than this, but the average dress cost is about 5% of your wedding and it's about $1,600. They can cost actually more than that. The entertainment, they got listed at $1,250. Again, if you're using a band or something like that, it would cost more than that. If you're just using a DJ, it'd probably be a little less, depending on you know, where you're at in your location. The videography is about 4%, and that comes in at around $1,300. Transportation, or 3%, about it says 1100, no, 1300. Sorry about that. The cake is usually between six and $700. And you have paper products, paper goods is around 600. Hair and makeup, 600. And whoever does the wedding, the ceremony, it'd be about 300. So that's the rough breakdown of that 33,000. Now, What you could do, we'll get to this a little bit later, how you can use those numbers to try and plan your wedding, but do it in a way to maybe where you could save a little bit on how much you're actually going to spend. So that's what we're looking at when we're talking about the average cost of a wedding. This is not cheap. You know, that's that's a lot of money, considering the fact that, you know, most people just don't have that money just laying around, you know, so... The next question we have to kind of ask ourselves in this particular situation is how much are we willing to spend on the day? So how much money are we going to spend on this wedding day? What are we looking at here? Is it going to be, is it going to be higher than that 33,000? Is it going to be lower than that 33,000? Is it going to be considerably lower than the 33,000? We have to ask ourselves this question. How much are we willing to actually spend on this day? Remember, you have to understand this too. It's just one day. So we all want to be treated like royalty for a day. You know, we, I, I get that. We're going to be looking our best. You know, there's a lot of attention on us. We want to make sure everything goes well. But remember, it's just one day. So you don't want to get caught up in the semantics of just this one specific day, all this stuff is going on. So the next question you have to ask when we're talking about that is how much you're willing to spend. You have to look at how much money you actually got. So the two cup, the couple will can look and tap into their savings and determine what basically do they have? How much do they actually have and how much of their savings are they willing to spend? So how much of your savings are you willing to take out and put towards this wedding day? The next thing you're going to want to do is how much can you save each pay period? So how much can you save each pay period? So every time you get paid, how much can you put away for this wedding? You know, this is not going to be cheap. 
Now, the next part is the tough part. Because you're going to start having to maybe ask family members. This is going to be a somewhat of a difficult conversation depending on your relationship with your family. But how much are the family willing to chip in for the wedding? And do you even, should they even chip in at all? You know, back in the day, historically speaking, they used to say the father of the bride used to pay for the wedding, but it's not like that anymore because we have a lot of single parent homes now. So that's not basically going on anymore. So the burden is now shifted to the, the groom or family members of the bride. So how much can they pay for? Sometimes you can get people, they'll all contribute certain things where they might chip in and say buy the wedding cake or they might chip in and pay for the photography, the videography and the photography. They'll do things like that, which is good. I mean, that's one less thing that you'll have to pay for. But you literally, when you're going in to plan your wedding, I always tell what I would suggest is don't expect to get anything and whatever you get, treat it like it's a bonus. That's one less thing that I have to pay for, that we have to pay for as a couple. That's that's the best way probably to do this. So. If you can come up with that type of a strategy or that type of a thought process when you're when you're planning this this wedding, uh, that that might work to your advantage because people might say they're going to pay for certain things. And at the end of the day, they just they'll let you down and they'll, they'll change their mind last minute or they'll say that something came up. And so you can't necessarily depend on them. But whatever they do, just look at it as a blessing and keep it keep keep it moving at that point, you know. What is the most important thing for you in the wedding? Is it the venue? Is it the dress? Is it the food? Whatever that is, is maybe that's where you should concentrate a majority of your spending. Or, or not, I won't say a majority, but the, the, the most part of the wedding budget is where you want to put that at. So most people want uh, food and catering was, was very important to me in my, in my wedding day. Because if people are going to give up a portion of their day, if they didn't have a good time, I want them to at least say that they had a good meal. So that's something that you, you want to, you know, take into consideration. And that's why that catering is always like at the, it's almost one third of a wedding budget. Because that's the, the, that's the one thing that people will remember if the food was good. You know, that's something that they always want to, you know, make sure that that was good. And like I said, determine what your, 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 your goals are. Determine how much you're willing to spend on these weddings, do some research. You can do a lot of research on these weddings. You could take a look at your local area where you're living at and where you're going to have it. And you can compare the cost of other weddings that have been done maybe, maybe in the past year. You can find that information out. And then you can utilize that information to plan your wedding. So this is how much they spent on this particular venue. Go venue shopping, look around and see which ones are offering a good deal or different things like that. They might be able to do certain things. And you can, you can literally come up with some of these things that will really be very beneficial to you. And it will also help you because the whole thing with doing a wedding is you want people to have the best time and you want the, the bride to enjoy her day without having to break the bank. So that's going to be the, the, the critical part right there without having to break the bank. Next is how do you create a budget? sort of an, an, an itemized budget. How do you go about doing that? Well, there's a variety of different things that you can do. 
But one thing that you can do that's really very elementary is you can just just get a, a pen and paper and just write down some things on on a pen and paper and itemize how much you want to spend on this. When I was giving you those numbers earlier on the average costs and what the costs are for that, if you want to spend less than that 33000 just look at what I read back when I was telling you how much it costs for the catering, how much it costs for the venue, how much it costs for all those different things, and try and get that number lower than that, significantly lower if you can. And that's kind of how you can create that itemized budget. Everything that you're going to need to spend on that wedding on that particular day, have it written down on paper, have a number that you want to spend, have the average number that you want to spend on, the, on that far right, and in the middle, leave that blank because that's what you're going to probably end up spending. And your goal in that situation is to be in that middle, at least as closest to your number on the left, then then further away from that number on the right. Because the number that you will ultimately end up paying, that'll be the number you put down there in the middle. And that's how you can itemize your wedding. You can literally systematically go down that list. So we started off with the catering first. How much are you willing to spend on the catering? The venue, the photography, the rentals, the florals, all those things. Make a big, giant, long list and come up with how, how much are you going to be willing to spend on that left side is what you want to spend. The far right side is what the average is and what you end up spending will be what you put down in the middle. And that is exactly how you can itemize your, your, your wedding budget. You know, make sure that you don't go over a certain dollar amount and want to keep it under control to an extent. Now, how much time are you going to actually have to save and put away for your wedding? How much time are you going to have? If you're getting married, say, next year, and you say if both the spouse and both spouses can say we can save $200 every pay period and we both get paid every two weeks, that's $800 a month. You're not getting married till next year, that's around $10,000. Almost, almost a third of that $33,000. Just you saving. Then you have your savings, whatever you've already saved in the past, depending on how much of that money you want to spend yourself, because you may not want to, you know, dip into, you know, knock out your entire savings on a wedding, but how much of that savings you're willing to spend. And then the other part is whatever you get in a contribution, meaning family members chipping in and paying for something. That would be the total. And you just add all those up and that's see, this is what we got going forward. How much are we going to need from that point on? How much are we going to need from that point on? So these are, this is some of the things that you can do. The itemized budget for doing a wedding, I think, is very, very important. If people can utilize that to their advantage, they'll be in much better shape versus if they just don't write anything down and just get these costs. Don't look at how much it costs. And then after the fact, look up and see that they spent way, way more than what they wanted to spend on their wedding. And that's what ends up happening is those people were saying that they only wanted to spend 20000 and ended up spending about $13,000 more because they didn't itemize and come up with a budget when it came to putting a wedding together. What are some ways that you can cut cost on your wedding? What are some of the things you can do to cut cost on your wedding? Well, there's a variety of different things you can do. Variety of different things you can do. When I was getting married, we were pretty much in a recession and the economy was about to collapse in two months, completely collapsed. So 
obviously money was at a premium and we didn't have a whole lot of expectations pertaining to getting money from others. We knew we wanted to have a wedding, but we didn't want to spend a whole lot. We want to keep it as low as possible. Well, one thing that we did that was really interesting is pertaining to the floral arrangement. We kind of met somebody who was literally just starting out their business and was willing to do a lot of the floral arrangement stuff for us at a very considerably low, low price. Like oh, I want to say it's practically, you know, it was very low. And because of that, he was using that as a, you know, sort of our wedding as a marketing tool. So it was more like a, to help get his business off the ground. He gave us a very low introductory rate and, you know, he handed out cards and he actually got business from, from that, from what I was, I believe. So we were able to cut costs on a floral arrangement just because we found someone who was just starting out, starting out their business. Now here on the list, it says you could use sheet cake instead of getting a big giant, you know, fancy looking wedding cakes, but some people don't like that, you know, but I mean, it's one way you can cut costs. It would be a considerably less because the average wedding cake is about $600, $700, where sheet cake might only cost $100 or $200. So you could use a sheet cake if you want. I mean, it's going to taste probably the same. I mean, it's just it's not going to look as, you know, it's not going to have that look. But that's one thing that you can do. Now, as far as contributions are concerned, you know, if you can get people to pay for those things, I believe we did have a of someone that would contributed to paying for our wedding cake. And that was a big, huge deal. And that uh, actually saved us, you know, some money there. So that's w- another area that we were able to, to benefit from because I believe my wife's best friend uh, paid for the cake. So then we also had a situation where we got married over a holiday weekend So when we got married over the holiday weekend, instead of getting married on a Saturday, when the venue cost is going to be higher, we got married on a Sunday because it was a three-day weekend. And the cost went down because it wasn't the Saturday. So that's something that you can do. Here it also says cut down on your guest list. You know, a lot of times people want to have 200 guests show up to their wedding. You know, and a lot of that sometimes is just ego driven. You know, we want to have the most people there. It looks like it's almost like a royal wedding type thing. But do we honestly believe, do do we really think that we have, that we have uh, 200 friends? Do we really have 200 friends? Not Facebook friends, but like just friends who we consider to be you know, close to us. The answer is probably no. So we don't really necessarily have to have that many guests. You know, if you have a guest of 200, if you dropped it down to 150, that would save you some money. Obviously, that would be 25% less on the catering. And if you have a list of, say, 150 and you went down to 100, I mean, this is a little bit more feasible, a little bit more reasonable. Another thing it says to book off season, book off season. So don't have your wedding during the peak times, like in the summers and, you know, the springs and different things like that. Even, you know, early parts of the fall, book it during the off times. Those off season weddings are a lot less money than a wedding that is booked on during the regular, you know, during the the peak season. 
That'll also save you some money. Now, one thing that we also did, like I said, we had our wedding literally in a location where it was in a sort of like a, an area where they catered the food. So we just had to pick the menu items. The venue was basically two big giant rooms. One side was the wedding side and the other side was the reception side where the food and everything was served. And by doing it that way, you know, we cut back on cost because they did the food and the venue was there at the same time. So that saved us quite a bit of money just by doing it in a location to where they did the, the catering. And they also did the venue. It was all paid in one big, big price. So that saved us quite a bit. So the big thing was booking it on an off day. When I say off day, you have a three-day weekend, go with a Sunday because people don't have to go to work on Monday usually. So that's be an off day. And, and booking it at a location to where the catering and the, the uh, event can be held at the same location. Again, that saves a ton of money. And these are some of the things we had to do just simply because, like I said, we were in the middle of a recession. A lot of people were, you know, it was starting, to, the economy was about to collapse in two months. We didn't know it at that time, but, you know, you could see that, you know, it was coming up. You know, we were feeling it a little bit. And so we, we had to, you know, make some tough decisions. And, and these are some of the things that you have to do. And it's, our wedding ended up with about, I want to say, 70, 75 people there, so, which was fine. And so that's what, what we're saying. You can't, when those, when those type of situations occur, you have to be prepared for them. And you have to be more cognizant of the fact that during a recession, people might not be working. They may not have a job, so you can't expect a whole lot in, as far as contributions are concerned. So those are some of the things that you may have to do. You may have to cut back on some of those things. The next thing is, the last thing I do want to talk about pertaining to this is, what are some ways that you can actually pay for your wedding? Well, I did make a few suggestions already. I did make a few suggestions already. And one, like I said earlier, was to save, you know, do, save how much you can save each pay period, both the, the bride and the groom, and whatever you come up with. If such, like if your, your wedding is planned a year out, you can get into the thousands and thousands of dollars that you can save, and that will help you pay for the wedding. Ideally, if you can get that number to about one-third of whatever you save prior to that wedding starting, if you can save about one-third of that money, that's gigantic. That would be really good. So if you save one-third of that money, uh, that, that's a big plus. Then you got your savings, obviously. Now, there's some other things that you can do. These some things might be some, may sound somewhat controversial, but they're really not. Most people are going into debt for their wedding. But some of the experts say to use 0% interest promotion credit cards. So what they're getting at is if, if you have a credit card that's doing 0%, now in order to do this, obviously you have to have good credit. So we talk about the credit score and everything like that on our particular podcast before I did a whole entire episode on credit score. But if your credit is good enough to where you can get a 0% interest rate, some of these introductory credit cards will give you 0% for up to 15 months. So you can start to use that to make certain purchases on your wedding day. But remember, you want to try and pay it off during that introductory period because 
most of the time that rate is going to jump up to about 16% or so because that 16% right now is the average rate of a credit card on average. It's about 16%. Some can go up as high as 27. So you don't want to, you know, be stuck with that after that. So before you even do this, I think you have to make sure that you'll be able to pay off that, that balance or whatever it is that you charge within that 15 month period because you don't want to pay any of that interest. And the tricky part here is they will give, they will do balance transfers and everything. So if you have credit card debt, I would probably suggest not moving it over there is just use it for your, your wedding budget, because then you'll be trying to pay off even more on that 0%. And then you might get stuck where you're stuck paying the interest on the wedding, which is what you don't want to have happening. But some people are saying to do that. That's, that's something that you can, you know, look into do using that 0% for 15 months. Now the, the trick is, just because you have that 0% for 15 months does not mean it does not mean that you should over purchase, meaning start spending a lot more than what you would have normally not spent because you don't have the cash. So you have to be disciplined when you're doing this. So you still want to keep that budget number low, but you have to have that level of discipline. You don't want to just go run around spending all that money just because you have access to it in the form of credit. There's also wedding loans, which is basically a personal loan, but they do have things called wedding loans that you can take out. And it's they most experts recommend not doing this, but you can do it. It's not out of the ordinary. People have done it before. But again, you do have to have very good credit. If you take out one of these wedding loans. You know, some some locations that loan to you may want some type of collateral depending on your credit. So you also have to be very careful pertaining to that. So that's something also got to consider. But these are some of the things that you that, that, that are, are available to you. Obviously, we talked about family contributions, whatever you can get from family and friends will be willing to help pay for certain things that does help tremendously. And. That's a, a, there's also besides the personal loan and besides credit cards and besides saving up your own money. You know, they, they, like I said, they have the personal loans and everything. The other things you can do is cut back on your expenditures on your expenses during that year that you're saving up for the wedding. Maybe cut back on certain bills that you're probably not that, that are more discretionary. So like no one's saying, you know, give up, uh, you know, if you have, say, multiple streaming apps, maybe give up a couple of them for a year and use that money towards the wedding. It may not seem like a lot, but it will add up over the course of a year. Maybe don't go to Starbucks every day. You know, maybe make your own coffee at home, you know, cut down on expenditures like that. That might, over the course of a year, could save you $1,000. Now, it is $1,000. You may not think that's a lot of money, but that's $1,000 you won't be paying back. And it's a thousand dollars if you use the credit card, you won't be paying back with interest. So utilize some of those things. Those those will be very good for you. And it would also save it. those little dollar amounts you don't think add up, but they really do. So just keep that in mind. Well, we are about to wrap up. I did want to just say I want to thank the audience for continually to support the show. But um, I do have one person that wants to come in and chime in on this issue. So I'm going to let them come on and we'll take it from there. So this is the average cost of a wedding, and this is just some of the things we want to talk about. So I'm going to bring on Lois, and uh, we'll let them talk here and explain this. And I, I'll ask them a couple of questions pertaining to a wedding and the budget and everything like that. 
Good morning, ma'am. How are you doing? Hi, Andrew. How you doing? Great. Good to hear I from you. I only heard the last 10, maybe 8, 10 minutes of what you were talking about. I was wondering if you actually, did you cover the fact that, it, that during that time that you're saving the money, preparing for the wedding, that some of the things that you can pay other people to do, you can do for yourself and then have some very neat keepsakes for the people in the bridal party or people to take away that have traveled far, like the the, the um, table settings and all that kind of stuff and the boutonnieres. And for me, when I did my wedding a long time ago, I actually did it myself. Um, and I had the help of a friend who was a caterer and other things where I just had to buy the food and and we were able to come together like that. And when we shared that because they loved me, <laughs> then a lot of my expenses were down. And then because I knew what I wanted and I knew exactly what I wanted when it came to flowers and stuff, half my most, the majority of the flower arrangements were um, personally made. And then everybody had a personal keepsake. And then the rest of the flowers were bought for the day of the actual ceremony because the flowers can run you real big. Yeah, I, 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 I don't and, know if you heard me, uh, Lois, but I had said that the average flower arrangement for today's w- prices for a wedding is about twenty three hundred dollars. Yeah, and if you can do, if you can, and if you can do it the DIY way, which is is very inexpensive, you can actually get most of your stuff done, and you can be sitting with your friends or your, with your bridal girls, and y'all can spend weekends on Saturday once a month with, up until the wedding. We're gonna be doing this and hanging out and you know, having our little wine or whatever. <laughs> yes. And for me, it made it a whole lot easier. And then just calling on people because people, some people may be able to come to your wedding. Some people ain't everybody able to come. But the thing is, uh, everybody wants to be a part. And even when they can't come, I had people making stuff that was in another state. Okay. Wow. You know, just for, because the thing is, the people want to be there for you. And if they don't have the money and I know they had a skill, Okay, I tap in, you know, so the thing is that you, you got to have a good network of people. You know, I've been blessed. I've had a good network of people all my life. So I knew I know who I could call and they know they can call me because they're always calling me for help for other things, for psychological or or, or physical or, or nutritional guidance or something. So it was easy for me to be able to say, hey, I'm going to be doing this, you know, Um, and recently. Like for my daughter's wedding, who told me the day of that she's getting married at five o'clock p.m. <laughs> okay, which is like what the? I know, and, and it took me. It was eight o'clock in the morning, seven thirty in the morning. She's on her way to work. She comes in, she wakes me up, and she says, "Mom, I just wanted to let you know, um, uh, I'm getting married. I'm not asking for your permission or anything, but I'm letting you know I'm getting married at five o'clock today. If you want to be there, you can come. If not, just you know, whatever." <laughs> and it. I and I looked at her. And I'm thinking, what the hell? And I, it took two hours to put it together to come out of shock. And then I began that she had on jeans and tennis shoes when she left to go to work. That's what she was going to get married in. But I have ingenuity and creativity. So by the time she, by the time her, the the time for her wedding to be at the chapel came, she had a full ensemble and flowers and everything. Now they may not have been real flowers. I do. I don't know. God was good to me <laughs> when it comes to creativity. Um, so she, so if you look at her wedding photos, you would swear she had prepared yes. <laughs> for That's a good, good while. Even even a cake with a cake. I bought a small little cake that she was able to have and everything, and and, and set up the little 
the place they were having their little honeymoon because we live in Vegas. So she mm-hmm. could do that. She could say, I'm going to get married. And I'll be, yes. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm married. <laughs> yes. Let me ask so you a couple is, quick questions, Lois, on this. Yes, please. Uh, what, yeah. I, what I'd say, I don't know if you heard this part, but I was just basically saying that, you know, the best thing to do is to, when I say create a budget, what I would suggest people do is just take a piece of paper and have the number you want to spend on the wedding, like the different things such as the the, the venue, the catering and all of that right. stuff on the left hand mm-hmm. side. Then on the far right hand side, look at what the average cost is. And mm-hmm. then in the middle is what you actually end up spending. And so you want to get the numbers closest to the number on your left side, which is what you want to spend as possible. You think that would be a good mm-hmm. idea? That it, that is a good idea because it'll give you it'll give you a ballpark amount so you won't be over or under in your estimation. Because, um, like I said, for my daughter, in that in one day, I the total wedding from ceremony to honeymoon night at the at the hotel that they were staying at and stuff like that, we spent seven hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, uh-huh. and it came out really nice. We had guests and everything. You know, now we didn't have no reception and all that kind of stuff. But the, the, that part of it, the, the whole ceremony, and it was it was beautiful. And once sure. I, it was beautiful for a very small amount of money. Plus, I didn't have no time. No right. money and no you time. You planned it you literally know? that day. You know, there's a thing I was that just saying. Day, yeah. I, I was saying on, on ours is that we got married uh, over a three-day weekend. And instead of getting married mm-hmm. uh, on the Saturday when the venue was very high, you know, the cost is higher. We got married on that Sunday because it was a three day mm-hmm. weekend. You know, people didn't have to go to work that Monday and they charged right. less for Sunday than they did on Saturday. So we were yeah. able to and save. And they charged less during weekdays too. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Most people don't get married right. on the weekdays because, you know, guests trying to get there and all that stuff is a little harder. But uh, we were able to do it over that three day weekend that Sunday and it did save us a significant amount of money doing it that way. Yeah, it does. And then if you if you actually understand too, there's no such thing as the perfect wedding. I'm sorry, right, that doesn't right. that doesn't go. Okay, I just started officiating uh, uh, legally mm-hmm. <laughs> this the last year when I officiated my nephew's wedding, and I again I was like you, I was giving them waves when they said uh, we getting married, Auntie. I want you to marry us. Uh, and I'm thinking, okay, so what are you going to do? And they said, well, we don't know where to start. So, of course, I'm do- I did what you're doing here on this app. Mm-hmm. And I told them, okay, you got to get your budget this and you got to think about what you want to do. And so they were able to cut the cost of what they were going to do by half by doing some of these things that I'm saying, the things that you can do for yourself, like over, you know, you got a, you got a year to plan. You mm-hmm. can do these little things, have little little parties on the weekend where you bring the sure. brothers together or the sisters together and y'all and y'all do a little bit for the wedding and plan and all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, is that according to my nephew, he's like, look, I'm like, we saved so much. And she they had the most beautiful flowers. And then everybody felt, all her friends felt a part of it because even though they couldn't give any money, they were part of the process. And people just want to be yes. part of the process. You know something, That's Lois, all it is. You know something? You brought up a good point when you were saying that when they were making the things for your wedding, the flower arrangements and doing all that stuff. And you do that, say, on the weekends. And, you know, you do it like maybe once every week or, week or every month. Those. It was what, once a month. It was yeah, once what, a month. Girls right. night. Yeah, girls night. Those, those days, those things that you're talking about, 
that's mm-hmm. what people remember probably the most because those are the, we had some really good times during those times. You know, you were you know having oh, a conversation yeah. and everything, and yeah, just everything. Those are the, the good times that people will always remember. Sometimes they're even better than the actual day itself. Yeah, and especially when you do it yourself. When you're waiting on somebody, and here, here's the different thing. The, the things that I know, I'm a therapist, and I watch when people get married. And that's why I said, I I, I, I think I don't want to fix the marriages. I think we want to create them. But the whole thing is that uh, when the people were getting ready to get married and they were going through all the ups and downs and the ins and outs and, and, and stuff like that, I found that when they can be a part of the process, there's not as much anxiety. When yes. you hand your wedding off to a, a wedding planner to go find your venue, to go tell you what the budgets are, to tell you this, to tell you that, to tell you this, then you end up getting very nervous because, you know, are they going to do this right? Are they going to do that right? Are they but if your little hand is in a little bit of each without being a bridezilla, like telling people what to do, yeah. but you actually in the, in the business of doing parts of this stuff yourself, then one, you have greater control and then you have less anxiety. So sure. I don't know for me, the, for the ones I've seen who handed it over, spent way, way more money. One, people weren't involved as they wanted to be. And they were more like, I don't care what she do. It's just they cheap this. And you know, all that garbage mm-hmm. backbite. But the thing is when you include the people, they were part of the putting it together. So what they, you know, I gotcha. what I mean? and, and it was a, it was a whole lot easier and less stressful. And then having and not not saying the bride got to do everything, go find this, go find that. All the room got to do is go find his suit. No, my nephew was out there doing his due diligence, going and checking out places when he was off because she was working, and when he was off, and she and he, it was vice versa. And then they were able to compare their notes and come up with the venues and take each other on the little trips that they had did. So it's, it's all about working together with the community of your family and of your peers or whatever you want to call it in order to, one, get a more meaningful wedding, okay, mm-hmm. and two, to be able to not have as much stress because your hands is in it and nobody, you're not waiting for somebody just to present you with something. You know, I feel a lot better when I cook my own food than when somebody come and say, sure. well, here, this is what you told me to cook. Yeah, oh yeah, I got you. I got you. That makes sense. You know, and I mean, at least when when you when you prepared, you know, you know if it's going to be good or That's not. Right. You know, so that is that is That's true. Right. Well, well, Lois, we, you know, we're gonna is, go ahead. Continue. Okay, go ahead. No, I okay, just I was gonna say some things need to be left to the professionals. You mm-hmm. know, if if you're if you don't know how to do something, need to be left to the professionals. But things that you can do for yourself, I understand you want to be a princess or a prince for the day, but recognize. A prince and a princess got to go through etiquette training and all that kind of stuff. They got a whole lot of stuff they can do just before they just get presented. Okay. So we can't just take away our responsibility for being a part of the process. Now we rich and you can throw that into somebody else's hand. Go ahead, go for it. But the thing is that I watch people uh, spend, spend their house down payment on their wedding. Yes. And then I encourage people to buy the house and give the wedding in the house. Right. You know, you know, there, there was uh, I did a, an episode on my podcast a while back about don't let money ruin your marriage. And we had found out uh, I found some a couple that had got married and spent a whole bunch of money on their wedding. And they got married and in a few years got divorced and they still owed on the wedding while they were going through the divorce. Yeah. And so that's why yes, I was saying yes, you got to yes. cut those expenses down. Well, Lois, I got to get ready to wrap up because All I got to right. get ready to take care of some All business. Right. But well, I really, 
Yes, I thought you brought some good points about you know how you had your friends and stuff help with some of those things. That really cuts down on a lot on cost. So I thought that was really good what you shared. And, and like you said, and it builds the community so that when you are when 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 you guys do get up and go off to your separate ways, that they know that you're going off because you've given them time to grieve the loss of you as a friend. Just being you're my only friend, and you can't go nowhere. And that's no because you 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 they're getting used to the idea you're going to get married. So it, it does a whole lot of stuff, you know, but I thank you for allowing me up here to, to, to give my little point of view and, and, and whatnot, but I appreciate you. And sure, you take care of her. Yeah, you too. Day. Anytime. Thank you, ma'am. All right. That was Lois. And she brought up some really good points. And she said how her friends helped her with the floral arrangements and different things like that, the gift boxes and stuff like that. And those, those events, those times together sometimes can be more exciting and happier. You know, you have some really good times during doing those things than you actually do sometimes on the wedding. Well, like I said before, we are going to wrap up and I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and we're going to continue to deliver content on a weekly basis. If you want to visit the website, it'll be the link will be in the show notes. And I really appreciate the people who visited and left voice messages. You can get on the email list. We want to thank you for support, continue to support the show. And with that being said, until we meet again, see ya.